Craig, who we got on now? Well, this is a man uh, who's very similar to me as a big Redskins fan as well. And uh, we were agonizing uh, on Thanksgiving Day, I'm sure. Uh, Mark Feinsand of uh, MLB.com, senior reporter. Good morning. How are you? Hi, see, I told you I was only going to come on if we weren't going to talk about the Redskins. I know, I understand, but, uh, you know, what are you going to do? I would be more offended that thing where he described you as being like you. You know, <laughs> that, 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 that was really annoying to me. Mark, I got to tell you, we, we, we have you on because uh, I, I saw you on the MLB uh, network uh, this past week, and you were talking a little bit about your uh, interview with Manny Machado, and I got a chance to read a little bit of it. Uh, and it appears as though Manny is maybe in a little bit of a damage control mode right now uh, as the free agency season really kicks into high gear uh, about some of his comments that he made uh, to Ken Rosenthal. What was, what was your take out of that whole interview and, and what, what Manny told you? You know, I mean, I'm sure it's being viewed as damage control. I think Manny knew that after the World Series he was going to have to talk about it eventually. Um, and the fact that it's, you know, sort of been this lingering topic, yeah, he was going to have to talk about it. Uh, my biggest takeaway was that he was kind of embarrassed by the whole thing, uh, you know, that, that he didn't express himself very clearly what he meant to say uh, when he talked to Ken. He, you know, he used the Johnny Hustle line, you know, talked to me about, you know, he's not a guy who goes with eyewash and fake hustle and, you know, running out balls that, that have no chance or, or – you know, sliding into first base, and that's just his game. And look, you guys in Baltimore have seen it long enough uh, that, that that what didn't come as a shock to anybody. That would be like Robinson Cano saying something like that, and, you know, Yankee fans feeling outraged. So uh, that's his game. But Manny also stressed, you know, several times to me that, that he, you know, doesn't mean he doesn't go out of his way to try to win games for his team. And, you know, he gives everything that he has for that. Uh, so I, I think he was embarrassed by the way it came out and the fact that he, didn't express himself, you know, very well. Um, but it didn't feel like damage control. He was actually in a really good mood. Um, you know, he was he was not willing to talk about details of free agency, but he's been kind of enjoying the process. And, um, you know, I think he's looking forward to the fact that he can, you know, for the first time in his career, he can really pick where he plays. I'm not trying to give away your secrets, but did his agent have something to do with the interview, or did you just pick, a, pick up the phone and call Manny? Or did he reach out to you? How did it come about? Uh, it came about by me working for about four weeks to try to get him. <laughs> okay, on that's what I various channels. Okay. So you know, from the from the time that everything happened with Rosenthal, you know, and NLCS, you knew he was going to have to clarify or speak or something at some point. And so, uh, through several different channels, I've been trying to get Manny on the phone. For about a month, and uh, and finally it did happen. Good, good effort there, and uh, good hustle on your part. No pun intended. I got to ask no you. No fake one, hustle there. Yeah, no fake <laughs> hustle, no eyewash, just hard work. I got to ask you one question about Manny. I'm not his biggest fan in Baltimore, having watched him for some of the reasons that have kind of come out now. But I find the notion that he's a sort of uh, an an obvious dirty ball player to be just overkill uh, and piling on right now. Uh, I I'm find myself in a minority of almost one or two here in town that defend him on the, the couple plays where he ran onto the first baseman's Achilles you know, heel uh, by saying that neither of those first basemen were particularly skilled first basemen. They had an awful lot of their foot on the bag, 
and that Manny coming off of two injuries, two surgically repaired knees, that's all. That's that's in, in, in sort of giving him the credit that he's going to be able to intentionally step on their heel but not hurt himself. I find that notion kind of ridiculous myself. Yeah, I don't disagree with you. And, I, and I've talked to players who are not involved in this. You yeah. know I mean, look, you talk to guys on the Brewers, they're going to say he's a dirty player. You talk to guys on the Red Sox, they're going to talk about, you know, his slide to Pretoria was a dirty play. But I've talked to players who have, you know, sort of no skin in the game in terms of this actual topic. And they don't, I haven't gotten an overwhelming that, you know, that too many guys think that he's, you know, this dirty, dirty player who, you know, is a menace to the game. Uh, and I'll tell you this, almost every one of them ended the conversation by saying, uh, I'd be happy to have them on my team. So, right. Yeah. You know, right. I think the Supreme Cat is certainly greater than whatever uh, downside there is to having a Manny Machado on your team. And I think, uh, you know, everybody's talking about, well, this is going to cost him money. I don't think it's going to cost him any money. I think he's going to land himself you know, if not the biggest contract in baseball history, certainly one of the top three or four. Well, now that brings me to the other person uh, that we always talk about when we lump these two guys together, and that's Bryce Harper. How do you see that, and what have you heard here in the early going as to where Bryce Harper may land? Well, you know, the team you keep hearing is Philly. Uh, just, you know, they have a lot of money to spend. Their owner came out last week and said they, you know, might be planning on spending stupid amounts of money, which certainly would indicate that, uh, you know, plus $100 million would, would be in that realm. Um, you know, he kills it in that ballpark, albeit against Philly's pitching that he would no longer be facing. Uh, but I do think, you know, that's a team to certainly watch. I don't think it's a done deal that he's out of Washington. I think No, and you know, I don't either. Whatever, whatever the final offer, the final deal that he has somewhere else, I can't imagine Scott Boris doesn't go back to the Nats and say, match this and he'll be back. Because um, I think, you know, deep down in Bryce's heart, talking to people who know him, I think he'd like to stay there if all things are equal. So mm-hmm. um, I don't know that it's a done deal that he's gone. I still think the Nats are in play, uh, but certainly the, the Phillies <laughs> would be, you know, uh, doing a, a double strike there by, by adding him to their lineup and taking him away from the division. But isn't it, isn't it typical Scott Burroughs to just say, well, look, we're shooting for $500 million over 14 years. <laughs> no, why wouldn't he? Yeah, yeah, exactly. exactly. Why wouldn't Look, I, I, you know, I remember in 2005, 2006, Johnny Damon was a free agent. Scott Boris was out there saying, Johnny Damon's going to get a seven-year contract. He was 32 years old. Right. There was zero chance he was going to get a seven-year contract. But that's what he kept saying. That's what he kept saying. Because I'm sure that in his heart he said, we want four. So if we put it out there that we want seven, well, then the team that signed that agrees to give him four will feel like, uh, you know, they're getting the, the bargain here. They're getting one over on us by only signing him to a four-year deal. So, you know, if Boris in his mind has a $400 million as his target, well, let's throw out 500 so that when we settle, quote-unquote, on $400, uh, you know, the team that's given him the 400 thinks they've they got a $100 million discount. We're talking with Mark Feinsand, uh, executive reporter for MLB.com. Mark, uh, you're plugged into uh, the baseball world uh, about as good as anybody. I've heard rumors from some people out of Philly that they feel that Nick Markakis would be a valuable piece to have as a precursor to getting Manny, that he's one of the guys that Manny would be sort of shamed into acting more professionally all the time uh, from their time together in Baltimore. You hearing any of that? 
I haven't heard that specifically, but, you know, I mean, Marqueca certainly was a respected teammate of his for a long time. That wouldn't surprise me if that was a thought out there. Um, you know, the one thing Machado kept saying over and over during our conversation was he wants to win. Get into the World Series last year and losing really uh, was an eye-opener for him because he realized how hard it was to get there and how hard it is to win it. Um, and I think he wants to go somewhere where he feels he's going to be a contender. So, uh, you know, the combination of what they have in stock right now the money they're planning on spending going ahead, uh, et cetera, the division, everything else will come into play. Adding Marquecas obviously would add another good player to Philly in addition yep. to a guy that he knows and respects. So uh, I think it would it would probably help, you know, Philly with how much money they're planning on spending overall, uh, you know, not just this year, but, but going forward, certainly seems like a place that, you know, is planning on contending. So wouldn't surprise me if Philly was in the mix for Manny as well. You know, I keep seeing these stories about, you know, could they land both of them? I just mm-hmm. can't see that happening, um, especially when I think Philly in the back of their minds is thinking Mike Trout's a free agent in two years. He's from right around here, uh, and and that would seem like a natural fit as well. So, you know, could I see them landing Manny or Bryce and then in two years trying to get Trout? Sure, I could see that. Um but I don't, I don't see them getting both of these guys this winter. I'm, I'm a little bit concerned, though, as far as people talking about whether the Yankees are interested from the standpoint of him playing first base. To me, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to have Bryce Harper, the outfielder, kind of move to a position that he's not known at all. And I know you can teach it, but I, yeah, I, don't, I don't know how good a fit it is. It's it's a joke, honestly. Yeah, I think you know the idea that you're going to give a player three hundred and fifty plus million dollars to play a position where he's never played before. Right, I just don't see it. And Brian Cashman actually he came out on the record and basically said as much. You know, he's he's the idea that they've had internal conversations about this. To me, I mean, I covered the Yankees for sixteen years. They have internal conversations about everything. So mm-hmm. you know, I wouldn't be surprised they've had internal conversations about whether Manny Machado could play second base. You know, you have a conversation for 10 seconds and you've had internal conversations. So, um, you know, the idea that Bryce can play first, I'm sure it came up. I'm sure they discussed it and I'm sure they said, that's great. We're not giving 300 plus million dollars to a guy to play a position he's never played before. So I don't think the Yankees are on Harper. I think they're going to be very in on Machado. um, But I just I just don't see Harper as the right fit for them right now, given the glut of outfielders that they have. The way the Yankees operate, the Hal Steinbrenner comments a week ago uh, I found totally appropriate, but do you think he discussed it and they felt that there might be a little edge if they get on the offensive a little with Manny that maybe it could help them uh, by acting as if, well, he's got some answering to do? Yeah, look, I think, you know, they Hal spoke what he felt. And, mm-hmm. uh, that's that's what he does. And I think, you know, the, the other thing that Manny told me is they're not gonna they're not going on a free agent tour where they go and, you know, visit eight different places or whatever. But once they whittle it down to, you know, two, three, maybe four teams where he's seriously considering, he's planning on sitting down with the GM. He's planning on sitting down with the owner and answering whatever questions they have. So Hal will have his chance, if the Yankees are, are among that group, Hal will have his chance to sit down with Machado and ask him every question he wants eye to eye. And, you know, guys like Steinbrenner, guys like Brian Cashman, they've been around enough players. Uh, they've been businessmen long enough in Hal's case that, you know, you can get a feel for whether somebody's throwing the bull at you. And, uh, you know, they'll have a chance to, to look Machado in the eye, read his face, see what he says, and uh, decide whether they believe him or not. Did you discuss his hairdo in 2018, <laughs> Mark? And maybe that that needs not, to be I'm reworked? Not, uh, 
No, I did not. I'm not much of a hair stylist. That was the strangest. That was one of the stranger looks I've ever seen on any baseball player. Mark. um, Yeah, it was was out there. (laughs) MLB, MLB trade rumors, which does a pretty good job at projecting from number one to 50 and then the, they pick who they think they'll go to, and they have a big contest asking fans to send in who they think so-and-so will go to, and I think you win some prize money or something. They had Harper getting 14 years. They had Machado getting 13 years. Uh, I think they're both going to get big contracts, but I think they're going to be more like seven-year contracts with three-year or four-year outs. Uh, do you think there's any chance either of them get that term that length of contract? 13 and 14 feel excessive. I know Stanton got a 13-year deal, uh, you know, when he signed his extension with the Marlins. It, it feels long. I don't think it really matters, yeah. honestly, how, how long the contract is, because I think what you just said, I think it's going to be like a, more like a 10-year deal. Uh, but there's going to be an opt-out after three or four years where they can go back on the market at 30 years old, 29, 30 years old, uh, and, and, you know, assuming that baseball continues in the trend it has, uh, you know, they'll have a chance if they've had three or four good years wherever they land to go back on the market and try to get more um, if if that's there. And if not, then they'll have to settle, quote unquote, on whatever, uh, you know, 300 plus million they agree to this year. But yeah, 13 and 14 feel like a really long time because yeah. the, the idea that you, I mean, signing guys to 40 to their birthday is just not what teams do anymore. And the fact, you know, the thing that makes these two guys so appealing is that they are 26 and you can sign them to a 10 year deal. And that just takes them to 36. So I would expect 10-year deals for both with that opt-out after three or four. Mark, what was the general consensus from Hal Steinbrenner and the Yankees Brain Trust after you win 100 games and you're the wild card team and you lose to your arch rival uh, and they wind up winning the World Series? Uh, what I mean, going forward, we've already seen them make the Paxson move. Uh, but, but what was the general consensus as to, you know, how do you get better after a 100-win season? Well, the biggest difference between Hal and his father is there's no overreaction. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, where the boss would have said, oh, screw this, go get Harper and Machado. Uh, <laughs> that, and that's that's exa- not what Hal That's did. exactly so, what he would have done, too. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. And, and Corbin and Kimbrell, too. You know, I mean, right, I, that would have right. been sort of fun to see what George would have done in that situation. Uh, but I think, you know, Hal is a measured guy. I don't think he's going to let the fact that the Red Sox won the World Series, you know, push him into doing something silly. Uh, that said, they look at their roster, and Jay Happ was a free agent. And, uh, you know, you've got Didi Gregorius out for at least half a year with Tommy John. Um, and you've got, you know, a couple of relievers and Robertson and Britton who are free agents. And there are some moves that have to be made. And the Yankees look, and they know they need some help in their rotation, hence the Paxton deal. Uh, you know, even after they brought Sebastian back, Cashman said, we're, we're still looking for two more starters. Paxton was one. Uh, you know, Corbin, I think, is the prime target for the other one. And then, uh, you know, with Hap sort of as the fallback, they're going to get some relievers to replace Robertson and Britton. I think in this age of the Super Bullpen, they're planning on continuing to have one. Uh, I don't think it's an overreaction to the Red Sox. I think this is just, you know, they, they finally got under the, the luxury tax threshold. and They know they're not, you know, they've reset that luxury tax percentage. And, uh, you know, they can go spend some money if they want to, and I think they they probably will. Remaining couple of minutes with Mark Feinsand of uh, executive reporter at MLB.com. Mark, um, the baseball winter meetings are coming up. First of all, 
I've been following baseball a long time. I never recall them being held in Las Vegas. Oh, yeah, one other time. They were, they were there one other time. Okay. All right. I take it back. Tell me, give me a couple storylines that you think could emerge during these baseball winter meetings. Oh, Bryce and Manny will be the top two, as we know. Yep. Uh, do you think they'll I both think sign? Do you think they'll both sign during the meetings? You know, it wouldn't stun me if at least one of them do. You look at Machado. You know, Dan Lozano is not a guy who drags out these negotiations like Boris does. Uh, you know, Albert Pujols signed his two hundred and forty million dollar deal at the winter meetings, um, and, and Lozano was his agent. So, wouldn't surprise me. Uh, you know. Manny said he had no timetable, and, and when it's right, it's right, and he's ready to go. Um, but I think, you know, the, based on history, it wouldn't stun me if, if Manny did sign at the winter meetings. Harper is a different story only because of Boris, although, you know, Bryce Harper's from Las Vegas. And mm-hmm. the idea of them holding a big, glitzy press conference in Las Vegas during the winter meetings when the entire baseball media is assembled there, uh, it feels like that could be a natural fit as well. So. Um, you know, I, I'm not saying he will sign, but I don't think it's out of the question. Beyond that, I think you're going to hear a lot of trade rumors about guys like Paul Goldschmidt, guys like Zach Greinke, um, you know, some big-name players who are, who are potentially going to be dealt. Uh, I think that'll be, a, you know, we all know who the free agents are, but you don't know who's going to get traded. So, you know, Corey Kluber, Carlos Carrasco, there are going to be a lot of big-name guys who are on that market um, and I think trade rumors are going to be flying more than usual at this year's meetings. All right. We really appreciate your coming on and discussing uh, your recent interview, the good hard work and journalism of getting Manny Machado on the other line. Well, now, can Colt McCoy get the Redskins in the playoffs? That's the other big question. <laughs> the bigger <laughs> question is whether the defense can stop anybody because that was really true. the problem on Thursday. Yeah. yeah. All right. Mark, we really appreciate it. Have safe travels to Las Vegas. Happy holidays, all. All right, there you have it.